Welcome to the Purposely Driven Podcast. Each one of us has a part to play in this world. Our strengths and our gifts make our communities a little bit sweeter. Join me, LaToya Guillory, as I interview community leaders, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, and more. Find out what drives them to get up in the morning and fulfill the purpose God has for them. How would you best describe Tika Briscoe's vocal style? Soulfully versatile. Born and raised on the north side of Lafayette, Tika Briscoe started singing in the church choir at the age of seven. Over the years, her love of all musical genres and vocal performance has provided her with opportunities to work with artists throughout the country and abroad. Tika was part of the opening acts of gospel recording artist Tamla Mann and the world-renowned jazz musician Matthew Whitaker. She is a featured vocalist for international artists like Latavia's Native Son, Louis Fontaine, and the Starlight Searchers, and the band Port Vincent of Copenhagen. She's performed with American Idol star Joshua Lede and our very own Roddy Romeo and the Hub City All-Stars, along with countless other artists like the legendary Lee Alanzino, Julian Primo, Connie G, and Blue Monday All-Stars. Tika Briscoe is a mother of three incredibly gifted children, a graduate of the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, and is employed by Lafayette Consolidated Government as a development planner. She's on the praise team of Destiny of Faith Church and is a member of the Love of People's Foundation Blue Monday Mission under the leadership of John Williams. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of my Purposely Driven podcast. I'm LaToya Guillory with Empowered with Purpose. Today, we have Miss Tika Briscoe on the line. We get to get to know her a little better. Miss Tika works for the City in Development Planning here in Lafayette, Louisiana, and she also helps with a group called Love Our People. Uh, and the Blue Monday, she's an awesome songstress, praise and worship leader, all of the things. And so I'm so grateful to have Tika here to come and talk with us and just let us get to know her a little bit better. How you doing, Tika? I'm fine. So yeah, um, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Taniqua Briscoe, but everybody knows me as Tika Briscoe. Um, native of Lafayette, Louisiana, born and raised in the Alexander Heights edition, which is part of Truman. Um, I've lived there all of my life and am still um, uh, living in the area. And so how are you guys? Uh, and I'm, I'm so appreciative uh, for the opportunity to be here. So I'm gonna let the, uh, the leader lead and I will sit back and enjoy this conversation. Awesome, <laughs> we're so happy to have you. I love to ask this question because, you know, when you're purposely driven, there's no typical day. Um, But what does a typical day look like for you? Typical day starts really slowly. (laughs) (laughs) I get up, get dressed, and beat the streets. I'm a development planner uh, for Laffer Consolidated Government. So my job is more on the regulatory side. I deal with developments with residential and commercial. Um, I, I do the majority of all the addressing street namings in Lafayette Parish. I have been affiliated with them for um, over 20, almost 29 years. I started out as an intern. Yeah, so I, I, I was a young puppy, just getting, barely getting out of college and started working for the city government and, and loved it and realized that there weren't many of us there, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the position that I'm in. I am the unicorn of Lafayette Consolidated Government. I'm uh, one or two of my, um, there's only one other that I know of 
Um, and that's Alex Lazar, that is a city planner. Um, mm -hmm. And he started a, about a year ago. And so I have been the unicorn <laughs> with consolidated government for a long time. And well, you know, there were times when I, I felt like, why am I still here? I can move and go anywhere and do this. But I realized that I was, I was sent there to help those who could not help themselves. I was sent there to be the voice for the voiceless and to teach people about developments and about and get them what they needed um, in a, you know, in a, in a fair and timely manner, because so many of us um, don't understand about developing property or what's entailed in getting what you need done. Um, and that's my job and my purpose. And so um, I surrendered a long time ago and said, okay, Lord, just use me um, as you see fit, you know? That's amazing. I, I love that you have that position because like you said, a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that knowledge. I certainly don't know what mm -hmm. it takes to develop land, but we weren't allowed in those spaces back in the day. And oh, so the fact that you're a unicorn in this space and you've held down the fort for 29 years, yeah. like that's something to be celebrated. And so I, I want to thank you for even like enduring everything that you had to endure, because I'm sure you've, you've walked through some things and seen some things and turned your head away from some things and, and allow God to use you in ways that you never thought he would use you. And so I just want to thank you for, for staying and answering the call and, and not giving up because you are definitely needed there. I appreciate that. Uh, Cause sometimes, you know, the road got, you know, not to be sounded a cliche, but the road got rough. Um, mm -hmm. But I endured not in my own vein, but there is a, a community of people in that office that supported me and prayed for me. And it, it's just amazing, especially when you find yourself um, at a job as long as I have. You, you develop soul ties with, a, you know, with a lot of people. Um, and it's important to have a village, not just a village of people that you, that you necessarily live with, but people that you work with. Because it's so much easier to deal with the day-to-day -day when you have um, a strong, praying group of people around you. It, it really does. It really, it, it, there's nothing like it. And I'm, I guess I'm spoiled in that way because wherever I go, I bring me. <laughs> and so, and me is a praying woman. <laughs> so, you know, and you don't realize it until you're out of your element because you, you're so used to just, it just being normal and in your own little village. But when you stretch out, like I've been doing recently in the last couple of years, um people know when they see me coming you know mm -hmm. um that one i'm a force to be reckoned when it's not and I, it, it's taken me so long to accept that about myself because i used to always try and you know shrink myself not to make other people feel intimidated but when you're called people see your light even when you don't even when you try to run from it people still see your light, even the enemy sees your light, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's not about the arrogance because there is confidence and then there's arrogance. And I can't stand arrogance because arrogance is not of God. And so to be confident in who you are and to allow others to feel comfortable with you is a gift because it, it, it takes time. You have to learn how to sometimes be quiet and listen and when to, you know, be a little bit more forceful and, and express yourself in a way that, you know, sometimes the medicine isn't always easy to take, you know, kind of like Mongieti, <laughs> but it's <laughs> necessary. <laughs> it's necessary. So I'm, I'm still learning how to do that, how to balance. But you know what I love about that whole thing or what you just said? Just because you were in your place, you were where you were supposed to be. God covered you. He did. Right where you were. He covered you. And oh, he to you to pray with you, to be with you, to mentor you, to walk with you through everything that you went through in those 29 years, regardless of the color of your skin. Right? Right. right. Because of who you are in him, 
he made a way for you to be able to stand strong in the mm-hmm. position that he called you to. And he sent people to help you link and arms. He, and he did. And he did. And, you know, it's like, and they kept telling me, T, girl, you ain't going nowhere. You're the only one of us in here. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I didn't take that for granted. I, you know, I, I really tried to um, be honorable in everything that I do because I am, unfortunately, you know, a, a lot of people in a position of authority or in the limelight, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to um, be a role model. Well, unfortunately, it's what it is. Regardless of how you may feel, People's, people are watching us. Mm. They are watching everything we do. And so, and maybe some little girl that I may run across and just say, hey, how you doing? And that could, that could change. I, I know for me, having someone, you know, I grew up in Truman. And so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Truman, no. I grew up in Truman in the 80s when everyone's families were, and everybody was related to each other. And mm-hmm. so I was on Clara Street and everybody knew what I was doing by the time I hit Cora Street. <laughs> you, know, and so, you know, and so it was like, because of that, people were always watching me, were always protecting me, were always just in my business. And I'm okay with that because they meant well during that time. And so I fostered that. I learned from that. I fell down, got back up. But people always knew, always saw that I was about change and that I would never harm anyone or that I was always trying to help other people. Even as a child, I was, you know, just in that in that way, you know, growing up in Truman. Um, I remember after my parents divorced and we moved back from Truman when we were living in Scott. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I want to sing. I want to be in a choir. Mm-hmm. I was seven. Mama took me a few times, okay, but Saturday morning, I was up early, and I walked from Clara Street to MLK. Nobody bothered me. Everybody knew me. I didn't have to worry about it, but now, if my child would even consider walking from Truman School, from Truman, Clara Street to, to, uh, to, the, to the church, I wouldn't have allowed it, not at seven, but... Mm-hmm. I realized I had a now that I had a covering over me. Mm-hmm. I was always protected. Even in even in my worst and even in my worst state, God was always covering me. And so went to Queen of Peace, joined the choir, it was all happening. Everybody looking at me like, who is this little girl? You know, <laughs> with the with the big voice. And of course, you know, kids will be kids. And I dealt with a lot of not 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 necessarily rejection, but the kids always try to, you know, in the beginning, try to, you know, just make me believe that that's not what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. because I persevered. And eventually, as I grew in my faith, as I grew in who I was as an individual, um, I didn't allow any person necessarily um, to dissuade me from singing because you couldn't stop me from singing. Girl, I would sing the Oscar Mayer commercial song. That's, that's, that's how I, anything. I, I was just on it. And so, you know, looking back, all of that was training me for the woman that I am today. And I'm grateful for everything, you know, but I wasn't grateful when I was 10. <laughs> but but, you know, yeah, okay, I'm 50 now. Hey, um, I am so grateful for everything because without all of that, without the good, the bad, the sun, the shine, the rain, the sleet, the snow, the landslides, everything made me the woman that I am. So to I God be the glory. Yeah. And so you got your love for singing at, at seven and younger than that, but that's when I, yeah, that's when I actually started singing. (laughs) And now you're singing with the blue Mondays. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh girl, my dear friend, Erica Fox. Well, she was Erica Malonson Fox, Erica Fox. And I have known each other since she, 
she dated one brother, I dated the other back in the day. And um, Wayne uh, Washington had a gospel group. And at that time, I met her, I met her uh, through a dear friend of mine, George Daigle. Um, and so 25 years later, she calls me and see, um, we're doing something with this organization that I'm with and Joshua Day is gonna be opening up for ACA. You wanna sing? I'm fine. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> get up there. And four years later, here I am, you know, and it was like met John Williams, who is, you know, he, he, he comes across as being a little aloof, but John is a big teddy bear. And so, and has a heart. He talked about a servant's heart, you know, mm -hmm. and so it's like got involved with them in 2019. I think it was 2019 it was the summer of 2019 and then you know everything broke loose by 2020 um mm -hmm. right after uh the bubbles and blues uh concert well the uh fundraisers that they always did everything shut down but i was still involved still you know we, we stayed connected fell in love with the organization because it's right i mean being around i've always been around older people my grandparents her siblings, uh, my grandfather, my grandfather's siblings, I was very close to that generation. So this being in that environment was just natural for me. And so being able to help with their mission, which is, you know, helping people help people. Um, basically, we have the Musicians Aid which um, aids um, musicians with, with clothing, with financial support, with, um, just references with, with, with all kinds of stuff. We have workforce development, teaching younger, the younger generation, how to work, how to write a resume, how to just, just how to present yourself in a fashion, in a, in a way, in a fashion that people will take you seriously. Um, um, and it's like so many musicians in the area in the heyday, they had money, but now they can barely take care of themselves. Yeah. or have no resources to in order to take care of themselves and so the whole mission of love of people of the blue monday um uh all stars blue monday all stars is like a is the way we, we raise money for the organization and then it's all under the umbrella of love of people and so there are many facets to this organization but what you see is the blue monday all stars and that's when we, you know, that's where we shine, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you pass the money along to do the groundwork, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just, it's just awe-inspiring. It really is. Everything, everything that I've gone through, everything that I've learned brought me to this organization and I'm grateful. I really am. I love that. You know, I like to think about, I'm, I'm not that much younger than you, um, and I like to think about, you know, back in the day, how we as African-Americans got through things and we got through things that were like music and dancing and things of that nature. And how you guys are using music to help those that need help right. that are also using music. Right. You know, and, and just... And, and not to say that it's just African-Americans. I mean, you help those who no, need the help. It's, it's right. look, it's universal. You know, John has brought together a collage mm -hmm. of musicians from all walks of life. You have Grammy Award winners. You have people that work with, with the legends of rock and roll and mm -hmm. R&B. It, it, it's, and they just sit there like, hey, how you doing? And it's like, wow. And then you get to meet some of the up and coming musicians right. who are under the tutelage, and it's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know, and it's just, it's just <laughs> being around all of that energy. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, Carol Fran, bless her heart, she just passed away. She was amazing. And mm. she had a mouth on her. But hey, that woman came from Lafayette, moved to New Orleans, and had to be the man the woman and everything in between she had to you know take care of herself yeah. and back then in the 40s and 40s and 50s it was a little gritty a little grimy mm -hmm. and so especially for female artists you know you had to be tough you couldn't be no little sissy uh 
kind of woman to handle a male dominated industry, you know? Yeah. And so, and it's still, w- women are still, you know, fighting the good fight of faith <laughs> in a male dominated, especially those who make the decisions, it's male dominated. Yeah. But we're finding more younger women are becoming the producers and, you know, starting their own labels. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful to see. And it, it took Erica who lived in Houston to call me in Lafayette to introduce me to a world that was basically right there because for the longest time I didn't really want to venture out into other genres mm-hmm. because of sometimes the stigma. Mm-hmm. But if you carry yourself in a certain way, that stigma falls away. If when people know who you are and what you represent and you carry yourself with, with that light, you know, all of that, you can't let the, the naysayers and the, neg- the negativity keep you from your purpose. And too many of us did that because, you know, I can talk about the good now, but it wasn't always that way. I, you know, growing up, especially, I, I'm not sure if you're from Lafayette, but, you know, there was colorism even mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. And so I allowed in my mind to tell me that I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't smart enough, I didn't sing well enough, and I stifled myself. Mm-hmm. But like like it says in the Bible, if you don't shout, the rocks will. Mm-hmm. And so as I prayed and asked God to make me light skin, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, just make my skin a little bit lighter. <laughs> I wake up in the morning. I was still this little chocolate, but beautiful, but didn't realize it. This ch- chocolate woman, this chocolate young woman. God said, "Okay, how about I do this? I make all your babies red, so all of my children, the next generation, are all red bone." And I'm looking for a chocolate baby, but I never <laughs> had one. So my father has a sense of humor. Yes, you know, he he'll he'll give you what you he'll give you what you want in a way you're not necessarily wanted it. But and it's like I find that my children, especially my youngest daughter and my oldest daughter, she's finding her voice now. They're they are they're courageous. Maya doesn't allow anything or anyone to tell her who to define who she is, not even her mama. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I know she's a child of God and she knows that, but she's fearless you know, in certain areas. She talks to me about everything, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed by her ability to navigate things the way that I didn't in my, in my teens, because she's 19 and Eris, mm-hmm. Eris has already has an album out. She's 26. When she found her voice and realized that, hold up, I can make a difference in the world by using something that I didn't really want to do. She didn't want to sing. She's mm-hmm. she's instrumentalist. I mean, she can play all the clarinets and play saxophone and trombone because she went to Lafayette High. And so I watch her unpack everything and everything that she's doing is so beautiful. And it's like, okay, all right, Lord, you're showing me. And they're like, mom, but you know, you showed us, you know, but I don't take the credit for it because I know we all have a purpose. And, you know, I talk about my son, he's very quiet, but he is, he's, he's, he thinks he's everybody's dad. I have to remind him sometimes, son, I'm your mama. You're not my, <laughs> you're not my, mama. you're not my daddy, but he, you know, graduated from UL in a, in a, in a degree um, that's, you know, all about the arts. I mean, and so it's like all of my children took that after me. They're all creative. They're all creative in their own way. Film and design, that was, I think that's the name of his degree. I, I can't remember. He graduated in December, forgive me, but, you know, in top, the top of his class, you know, and it's like, wow. All right. Oh, I, yeah. You know, and, and they thank me all the time for, you know, paving the way. And I'm like, I was just doing me, you know, just being who I am. And finally in a place where, I can, I've unpacked it all and 
I can truly just do what I love. And that's, you know, because first and foremost, Tika is a worshiper. Mm. Okay. I am a child of the king. I love to sing his praises. That's who I am at the base level. Just that's the foundation. You know, being Catholic, being in the church all the time, maybe five days out of the week <laughs> with my grandmother <laughs> at CCD practice, a choir rehearsal twice a week, or, you know, doing a lecture. And I was also an, uh, an altar server. I was in church. Oh, oh, don't forget Wednesday nights we had Bible study. So, you know, I was in church. That's just infused in my DNA. You know, everybody says, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in you, but church was infused in my DNA. It's yeah, what it was. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I, love that. I do. I love just when, when you don't feel like you're living purposely driven but you really are doing all the things and it doesn't seem like it, but your kids clearly see it. And just the fact that everywhere you walk, walk into, like Pastor Ken was saying a few weeks ago, your light shines It does because you are, you're being everything God created you to be. And Mm -hmm. so your light shines and you can't put it out and you can't run from it. And everything that you've encountered is for a reason. Girl, I tried. Oh, I tried to run from it. I'll tell you, I, I got all the way to Kansas and had to come back. No, I'm just picking. <laughs> I, I didn't want that. I didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, I came to realize that I didn't want the responsibility. And it's like all the accountability. You know, you talk to Jessica, my, my, you know, my worship leader, my pastor Jay will tell you, you know, she loves me, but sometimes I struggle, mm. you, know? <laughs> like, you know, and I, I'm okay. I guess as Christians, if we would just take off that facade of, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm perfect, no boo-boo, you struggled. Sometimes yeah. we still struggle. And so if we can just keep it real with people. I think we win more souls to Christ, you know, let folks see that, okay, everything ain't all good, but right. We know who can make it better. We know who our source, where our source lies. Yeah. You know, it's not always about how many scriptures you know. It's do you have a relation? Does he know you really? Right. What's your, fruit, what's your fruit look like? <laughs> you know, what is your what what is your faith walk? What does it look like? You know? Yeah. And so I, I'm 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 the type of person I live out loud. I'm an open book. Every chapter, I, I don't hide anything. I don't hide anything from my kids. Your mama made mistakes. Mama recovered. My mama's still recovering from some life choices. And hopefully you can learn not to fall in the pitfalls that I did because of either being thinking I knew more than the average bear, which, you know, okay, you're, you're smart, but you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You know, God had to allow me to go through what I went through to humble me and it it definitely did it gave me a clear insight into who Taniqua really was you know Taniqua Sherelle Briscoe Navarre Ned (laughs) (laughs) they're all my team those are you know that woman went through some things she's been married and divorced twice a mother of three um She's loyal, she's strong, she's independent, she's God-fearing, um, she's, yeah, she can sing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little. <laughs> she's, you know, but she also gets fearful. She also thinks, overthinks things. Mm. And, um, sometimes allows her own fears to um, stifle her. And, you know, when other people see greatness in her, she's like, ah, nah, not that, you know, and it's, but people see, you know, and do you know how long it took me to accept the fact that yes, I am great, that God created me for, for greatness. He, he created me for purpose that it's not by chance that I'm here 
you know, um, but no accident. I was here because he needs me. I have an assignment. And so I'm living out that assignment. Absolutely. I, I really believe I am. And I, and I love that because, you know, when you say, you know, people take off the facade, the whole point of being a Christian is to be Christ-like, right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus was not like, he didn't have this face on where he didn't feel things and he didn't do things. And, you know, he didn't make mistakes, but he wasn't shy about how he felt about things. He was turning tables, you know, he was telling people, you know, this, that, and the other, but he was being true to himself. He was being exactly who he was supposed to be. And I love that because I don't believe that you have to be on a pulpit to minister to people. I Amen. believe if we're called to be the hands and feet, then I'm going to be a walking billboard for the Lord. Amen. Right? Amen. And Amen. so my light has got to shine because there are going to be some people that they're not going to walk in a church. Right. Thank you. Yes. You know, matter of fact, in Revelations, God is coming for the church. Right? Yes. <laughs> beware of, of sheeps and wolf clothing and all that kind of stuff right and so I have to be the love of God with my own actions my light has to shine reg regardless of where I am so you can be in the club like you were saying earlier when we were talking and people will come up to you and say what church you go to because mm -hmm. your light is shining even in that in that place you know God's covering you even in that place. And he's drawing people in because of the spirit that you have within you, even in that place, because he knows that he wants that person. He's intentional like that. He is intentional. He that, he, intentional. that you're planting a seed for that person for a reason. And you may never know what that reason is, but you were on assignment and you were obedient. And whatever happens with that young lady or that young man, you had a part in that and you didn't even realize, you won't even realize probably ever how much that conversation impacted that person just because you were being you. I agree with that. Definitely wholeheartedly. Um, that's what we're called to do. You know, um, I'm a lot more conscious of that part of my assignment especially if someone comes up to me you know um and asks me what church i go to i know god put something in their heart to ask me a question like that because we're in the middle of when we're at the grouse room listening to a band and a total stranger will come up to me and and so i i, I take the time to sit down and talk to them about that, you mm -hmm. know, not preach to them, but just talk to them and just to see where they're at, you know, and invite them to church, you know, mm -hmm. um, or if they can't come down to church, find a church in their area and they start talking about it and they feel better. And it's like, well, we, you know, I appreciate, and they always end it with, I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me. I said, that's what we're called to do. You know, it's not mm -hmm. about preaching the folks about reaching them where they are where they Absolutely. are I think that's one of the reasons why I love being a relationship coach mm -hmm. because Jesus was about relationships he was about building those relationships right where he was right he didn't care who they were where they came from what side of the tracks they was on what they've been through who their mama was he didn't care about none of that stuff he just wanted them to be the best version of themselves and pour in what he had for them and as a relationship coach, I get to do that. I get to do exactly what, not on his level, of course, because I'll never be Jesus. Uh, but I get to be able to build those relationships and, and help people recognize who they are just for being who they are. That's and wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. I see because there's a lot of a lot of things that I don't know about you because we don't get to communicate as as much as I would like to and part of that is my fault because I'm all over the place and I'm not as I'm not as focused on my well not it's not an obligation on my duties because I, I I consider it an honor to be on the team and so um I was a little bit more in the past I was a little bit more visible 
Um, and I've talked to Jeff about it. She's like, girl, you're doing a good work. Don't worry about it. We know where your heart lies. That's why I'm just glad you know where my heart lies. And so um, everything happens. And I realize now that everything happens in seasons. And so um, I'm just in a season of transition, expansion. Um, and I'm just going to honor what God is allowing me to be a part of because there's just so much out there. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, when you finally take the blinders off and you can see, wow, okay, I can, okay, I can do, I can do, I, yeah, let me try. But I also have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me in yeah. any decision, you know, um, that I make because it does affect the body. Everything that we do affects yeah. the body in some way and we're all part of the body. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and never apologize for who God created you to be. Because I mean, you, you what you're doing is, while you may feel like, you know, you could be doing more, you're doing exactly what you're called to do. You're doing exactly what, you're exactly where you're supposed to be in each moment you're supposed to be there, right? Oh, okay. Sorry, you know, I, out of wisdom. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and those relationships will be built when they're supposed to be built, right? Because I, truth be told, I'm all over the place too, you know, <laughs> doing all the things on all the committees. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know empower you're impacting the community you know exactly. a light on our community and thank exactly. you for that I mean honestly thank you you're welcome because I, I mean that's the truth and God didn't call us to just be in one specific spot he called us to be the hands and feet but that means we got to move our hands and feet <laughs> it's an action yeah <laughs> It is. It really is. And so it's like um, just thinking about you know our community and what the the you know you you turn on to uh, come off of I ten and come into the gateway. It ain't the gateway. It's a gateway of blight. Um, and there's so many people in our community who are foot soldiers trying to make a difference, you know, and you have bureaucratic red tape and, you know, not enough interest in the North side. And it, it, you know, it, being a development planner, it really, really, it agitates my spirit, but it's like, okay, what I can do only so much. It, instead of, I guess, you know, us being reactionary, we need to do more to, you know, be more pro pro proactive in our own um, situations. I know our church is, is doing a phenomenal job mm -hmm. trying to bring about change in our community. And because I know what it was like before um, Destiny of Faith was on the scene. Mm -hmm. And so, and even in the midst of all of that, there was, it was still struggles and we're, we're still struggling, but I do see change. Yeah. I do see change in our community. And the thing of it is, it's not, we, it's not just about um, one church. It's about all of us coming together. Um, because I also went back to Ali, the Queen of Peace, and I sing on uh, the third and fourth Saturdays at the church I grew up in. Mm -hmm. It was only because, <laughs> because you know how they say <laughs> the prayer, the the prayers of the righteous avail it much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Father <laughs> Father Hampton Davis was deep in prayer, <laughs> trying to get me back to sing. Um, you know for whatever service. He said he he can make up a service just for me. I was like, Father Hampton, stop. But he left. And then now Father Duyon is there. And he is one of the most charismatic people that I know. 
next to our pastors, of course. Mm-hmm. But being a part of that community again has been humbling and a blessing because what I also realize is that my voice is not my own. And it's, you know, breaking yokes and allowing people to be ministered to is important. Teaching people how to usher in the presence of God in their own lives, how to sit in the presence of God and how to understand how music affects the presence of God um, is important. And so I realized a long time ago that everything I do, every time I um, open my mouth, whether it be at a church setting or at a funeral or at a wedding or anything, or even Blue Monday, even even there, I give honor to him, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then I sing my song (laughs) and let and let it minister to people. Yeah. You know, let it minute everything that we do should minister. It it should be part of our ministry. You know, and, and song is definitely, I mean, um, that's how you reach people. That's why the devil gets so mad because Lucifer was the okay. He's a worshiper. <laughs> yeah, he was. You know, and that's that's why it is also important, you know, how you present yourself, you know. Um you know, when you're, when you're worshiping God, when you're in, it's, it, it's so easy and people in, in, in music dealing in that, in that genre in um, dealing with music and musicians and singers. And it's very important. It's so easy to find yourself um, basking in the, in the limelight, you know, and I have been lucky to have been in music in the music ministry since I was seven so that's oh God, 43 years and so I have dealt with all types of people mm-hmm. you know and have come to the realization that only what we do for God will last honey yeah only what we do in his name that's the only thing that's going to last so yeah so I, love, I love worship Okay. I, I am a worshiper. I just, I've been singing since I was three. Okay. Um, <laughs> but this scripture right here gets me every time. It's Zephaniah 317. It says, the Lord, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt you, exalt over you with loud singing. And that's, that's my worship scripture. That's your worship scripture. That's my worship scripture is God rejoices over us with singing. Yes. He fights for us with singing. Yeah. Cause I mean, he sent the Levites ahead yeah. and I'm definitely a Levite, <laughs> a Hebrew, a Levite with whichever group I want to be in. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's worship. It's, it's yeah. who we are. It's who we're called to be. Um, make a joyful noise. Sometimes the noise might not be so joyful on this side, but in heaven, <laughs> you know, because when people say, well, I can't sing. Yes, you can. Yes, yeah. you can. You're singing to God. So, he, you know, the, the sweet fragrance of you singing to your father in worship, he loves that. doesn't yeah. matter what it sounds like as long as it's unto God. Yeah. You know, so my, one of my favorite two, I have two scriptures but um these two carried me through every situation every place I found myself in um whether it's been in a good situation or bad situation but the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid I've had to use that scripture many a time to calm my anxious spirit and so and I had to learn how to just trust him, no matter what it looked like, no matter if I understood it, no matter if I could figure it out. Because, um, you know, you always want to know the end of a thing instead yeah. of going through the thing, you know. And so 
I've, I've had to learn to, to be more patient with myself and let him lead. You know, and that's a whole girl, that's a sermon in itself that, that let right. him lead. Girl. Let me go say lie on that one, okay? <laughs> okay. So well, the other one is in my head now. Girl, I okay. Then the other <laughs> one is he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Love it. Father God, I say. I, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Mm. And for a sister like me, it has trust, trust that just kind of like echoes through my brain because when I first came to Destiny of Faith some 12 years ago, I was a hot mess. I was in the midst of a divorce. I was wailing Wanda, sitting in the corner, just holding myself, crying every time Pastor Ken opened his mouth. It was like, why is he in my yard like the Avon lady? Why, 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 why he all up in my business? <laughs> why, where the camera's at? You know, and it was like having to take all of that off of me. And it was, it was, in an amazing experience. Um, coming there was not by chance. God, honestly, I can say God led me there because I was at Progressive Baptist Church, honey. Okay, and was in the choir and was doing the thing and just being in the midst of it. And I I, I was singing in, in on, on Sunday and Sunday night I was in hell. Mm. You know, and so and my children suffered because of, you know, being in a, a marriage when you're not equally yoked. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a whole nother discussion. Let me get back to the point of that. The point <laughs> of the matter was that God delivered me from that situation. The dream that I had was that I was in the I was in the van, but at Progressive, left Progressive in the van. I wasn't driving. I was a passenger. And came to an intersection, which was uh, Cameron Street and uh, University. They let me out. A bike was waiting for me. Got on the bicycle and pedaled my way to uh, Destiny of Faith, which was on Cameron Street, 1900 mm -hmm. C. Cameron. Okay. And all of a sudden, it was whites. And it's like the, this light came over me. This, 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 you know, this just washed me. And I woke up and I was like, what? And then I was like, okay. Because I had visited the summer of 2012 back and forth when I had my kids. I would come to, to Destiny of Faith when I was, um, didn't have my children. I'd go to Progressive. I did that for six months until finally I said, Lord, where would you have me go? And he gave me that dream. And I said, okay. And I went, talked to uh, Pastor Joyner. He wasn't happy, but he said, mm -hmm. you're going to a good place and I'm praying for you. And I have been there rooted ever since. And when I say I am blessed to be in the house yeah, and be in the house with such wonderful believers being in different um, um I've, I've been catholic i'm baptist you know um i've been you know different faiths over the years finding but you know people say oh you were just a church hopper no i was graduating from one level to the next level to the next level and i found my set place and so being able to see the difference and know that we are spoiled and that's mm. a good thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's okay because yeah. you know understanding that where we are and connecting everything and all my experiences being able to be um, coming from different faiths opened me up to so many different you know forms of worship and then being able to give back to the community where I started has been the ultimate 
experience for me, you know? And so, and they receive me in a different way because it's not little Tika anymore. It's mm-hmm. Tika, the worshiper, the worship leader, you know? And I bring just a different energy, bring yeah. God energy, you know? And it's great. I love it. So what would you devote your life to if there was anything? What, what, well, what I'm doing now, service. That's serving others. It brings me the greatest joy. And it's not about being in the front. I, you know, I don't have to be in the front. Baby, I'm, I'm good stirring the pot. I'm good fixing the plates. I'm good. Uh, if you need me to paint the house, if you need me to do the letters, if you need me to craft the letters and, you know, distribution in any capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Pastor Mary said, you know, there's no job in the church too big or too small. Because if you can't clean the toilets, <laughs> you don't need to be uh, a ministering in the pulpit. Right. You know, that is, that is so true. So service. Serving others is my greatest joy, my greatest blessing, you know, in any capacity. If you just need me to listen, you know, yeah. um, it might take me a while to stop talking, but eventually once I stop, and if you just need to me to just listen to what's going on with you, I'm there. Be big sister, little sister, you know, auntie. I'm, I'm getting up in age and I'm more of the auntie now. And it's like, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> dealing with transitioning from you know okay yeah now I'm older it's like wait a minute when did that happen but you know so service service I'm a I'm a servant of the most high and and proud of it yes love it so if you could say or if you had a definition of what living with purpose was what would that be What my definition of living with pur- purpose, living out loud, mm-hmm. living your truth, being true to who you really are and being courageous, not fearless, but being courageous in your truth because it's not always easy, but it's necessary. Yeah. I love that being courageous in your truth because look, people will tell you, they'll try to tell you who, who you are. Girl, yes. All day long. Put you in a box. I don't like boxes. Mm-hmm. I don't like boxes. Nope, me neither. <laughs> what is your favorite scripture or quote? I know we talked about our favorite worship scriptures, but if you had a favorite scripture or quote, what would that be? Uh, Lord is my life, my salvation. Yeah. Whom shall I be? Sing that song, girl. <laughs> I won't be afraid. You know that song by William Murphy? Yeah. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Yeah. Light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait on you. Come on, I'll wait on you. Sing it, girl. I will wait on you. Yes. I will trust in you. Yes. I will trust in you. Old jam session up in here. Well, we got to finish it. I will remain confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Yes. I love it. That's it. You feel that? You feel that? I felt it. I did. That worship. Yes. Love it. That worship right there. You know, it's it's more than a feeling. It's just it it just 
it, it changes the atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, it changes your, 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 you know, how you see things, mm-hmm. you know, it allows you to be in the midst of a storm, but you're in the eye of the storm where there's peace, right? you know, always, you know, and that, that's, that, that is a, a, a quote that I found, um, when I was going through some stuff and was like, you know, in the eye of the storm, there's peace, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you, you sit down and you think about that, you know, in the natural, it's like, you know, yeah, though, when the hurricane's <laughs> circling around, the eye of the, of the hurricane is peaceful, mm-hmm. while the outer bands are all tumultuous, and so I don't want to live, and I've been living in the outer band too long, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've learned to, you know, just rest in him, and allow him to cover me, and that's that trust again, the surrender, yeah. you know, surrendering to him, you know, and mm, that, that took a while to get to wrap my brain around, you know, yeah. especially coming out of, you know, my relationship with my dad, divorces and all of that, and learning to trust the father, you know, and to forgive my past relationships, forgive myself. Mm-hmm. because you know it wasn't always them I realized I, I I got some stuff that I needed to work on too <laughs> so you know learning those things about myself elevated my worship yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah. Miss Tika where can we find you honey I am uh, just here and there and everywhere um you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, even though I don't necessarily post much on Instagram, but I am on Instagram. My daughter had to create the account for me, but don't laugh. But anyway, so <laughs> um, Blue Monday Mission, you know, stay tuned. We're getting that reorganized. Um, we will be downtown either at JSP or at uh, Grouse Room. Um, I do sing on, like I said, I sing on Saturdays, on, on two Saturdays out of the month at Queen of Peace at the four, four o'clock service. And you can find me at Destiny of Faith any given Sunday. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm excited about the future. I'm about to become an empty nester. My daughter, my baby girl wants to be independent, bless her heart, and move <laughs> on out on her own. She gonna learn. She gonna learn. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to warn her, but she wants to. Okay, you know. <laughs> you can always come back, but you can go if you need to. So, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, on where you can find me, but you can definitely find me in a house of worship. You know. Um. You know. And you know, if y'all. Anybody needs to talk? Call me. Um. Uh, hit me up. Um, you can email me at taniqua2015 at gmail.com um, for any anything. If you you know want to book me for an engagement or you just need me to pray for you, I can do that too. Um, but yeah, I'm here and there and everywhere. You know, you it. never know where you'll find. Me. I love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so grateful to get to know you a little bit better. Like I said, you know, I've been running in circles too, and you've been running in your circles. And so it's a good, this was a good way for us to connect and get to yes. know each other better. Um, yes. But I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do, everything that you've stood for and are standing for. I appreciate you as the mom that you are. Thank you know, you. the worker that you are, the worship leader that you are, and all of the things. Uh, you are God's masterpiece. And, and we just thank you and want to acknowledge you today. Thank you, love. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for allowing, you know, God to use you to bring me to this platform because I didn't, yeah, I, I would have shied away from it. But because you asked, I came. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> This has been the Purposely Driven Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast interview and I look forward to you joining me in the future. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a subscribe 
and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. New shows are posted twice a month for your listening pleasure. See you next time.